the Royal Rumble 91, which was recommended by our main man, Nick. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so what I did as well, Richie, for this uh, thing too, is I've done a few little things about what the number one song was, or the number one uh, film, and then what the number one games were over here in the UK. I thought that'd be quite an interesting oh, well, thing to do. That's really good. Ah, thank you. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Cheers. Uh, so the number one film, uh, can you guess at all? So this happened on January the 19th, 91, from the Miami Arena in Florida, and the attendance there was 16,000. This was at, in January 91. Okay, so the number one song, yeah? Uh, number one film. Number one film? Yes. <laughs> I'm so bad with dates. Uh, 91, it must have been a Christmas Eve film or something like that. I'm going to take this name, it would be Die Hard, because that's about in the 80s. Um, uh, go on, tell me. It's a film called Arachnophobia. The Jennings family has just moved to the small town of Canaima. Oh, Ross, smell that air. Oh, God. In search of a simpler life. Want to blow up a bullfrog? Okay. It's the perfect place. Goodbye crime, goodbye grime. Except for one pesty little problem. Come with me and look at the web. The web? I have a terrible fear of spiders. Come on, we live in the country now. It's time to work through this irrational, paralyzing terror. It's not irrational. (laughs) Hollywood Pictures and Amblin Entertainment present Jeff Daniels. Honey, we're in the living room. We need you to kill a spider. And John Goodman. Bill McClintock, infestation management. Ooh, that guy's just a spider. Would anybody object if I tore this floor out? I would. False alarm, then lead on. There's no spider here. Every so often, in a little town somewhere, there is a health scare. There's a rumor going around that some kind of spider might have killed Sam Metcalf. Doubtful. Spiders make convenient culprits. There's no spider here. I think one of your Venezuelan spiders hitched a ride here. There may be some spiders around here that are very dangerous. Dad, chill out. Just run. They spread out from a central nest in a web-like pattern and dominate the entire area. When that happens, this town is dead. Better encourage my private stock. Hollywood Pictures and Amblin Entertainment present Arachnophobia, Eight Legs, Two Fangs, and an attitude. Perk up, Lloyd. If we find the spider that did this, you can arrest him. Arachnophobia. A thrillomedy. That oh, Paddy was that, number one film. Nice. I've, yes, that one, yeah. I can't remember who started it, but I, well, I remember hearing about it and stuff. I think it's a horror film, because when I think 91... Uncle Ben was in it. Was he? I don't know. Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go on. Uh, the number one song I probably have heard this song in my life but I don't actually know the song by name um, it's called Sadness Part 1 by a band called Enigma
That sounds like a dance room. It does, doesn't it? It really does. It sounds like Sandstorm by Darunes. Yes. Sandstorm by Enigma. <laughs> well, Jeff Cardi tune, was it? No, nah, I think he wish he did this one. I might actually go back and listen to the song just to kind of like hear what it's like yeah. and stuff. Well, uh, if Jeff Hard would rather have been like a musician, like in '91, rather than getting bounced around a ring while Razor Ramon. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, is it? Is it? But the beginning, I've only been paid £25 at the time. So I remember at the time, because they were such in like the long period, that they were paying yeah. some people £25 per appearance. So I'm like, bloody hell, now they get. Oh. Potentially get all this money just for doing one appearance. Thing is, it's like the Hardys have been here for so long. I watched um, I was watching a bit of like Kane's early days on YouTube. I love Kane, mm-hmm. and um, it was his first appearance on Raw, like t- like TV taping. And he actually comes to the ring and just throws the Hardys around. I was like, oh my god, there you go. I didn't know the Hardys were kind of influential in Kane's sort of kind of like appearance. Obviously, he came in at Bad Blood '97. And then the following night on Raw, the Hardys were in a tag match and Kane comes down and just destroys everyone. But he ends up throwing Gorilla Pressing Jeff over the top rope's map on ramp. And he must have threw him about 20 foot. Yeah, because you've also got to think as well, back in the King of the Ring 95, as bad as that show was, they were the two yeah. like Jester people who would open and, open and close the doors as well. Were they? Yeah, yeah they, they've been around since the mid-90s, mate, yeah. They were they were doing job matches back on Raw in '95, I believe, late '94. Yeah. Yeah. So they've been with the WWF for many many years, mate. It's sick, isn't it? I love that. I love that because I know there was. Um, I think Jeff was 16 um, when he first wrestled, and I think he lied on his um, application. Yeah, because I know for a fact if anything happened to him, like they would get into such trouble. Do you remember that kid in ECW? Was says he was eighteen, nineteen, and ended up being seventeen. One, one that New Jack fought against him. What the fat kid? The fat kid that New Jack absolutely destroyed. Yes. Yep. Yeah. 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 There yeah, was I some massive controversy. Jack. Yeah. There was some huge yeah. controversy because of that as well. That was bad. That New Jack was terrible. Man. Oh, he was massively terrible for that. Like you know, he obviously sadly passed away but he could have gone to jail so many times the amount of stuff he's done it's mad just what he's able to get away with there was one where you beat up yeah. some other guy and he said you know, same documentary and it's like oh if you don't press any charges we'll do we'll build a feud up and stuff and he was like okay then drop the charges i was like where are you off this place now oh yeah that was um that was against a young lad in some indie show and yes. you said have a match with um gypsy what's that gypsy joe I think he did, yeah, because I remember there was another one where he threw some guy off the scaffolding, didn't he? Because he was pissed off at that oh, person. That was, um, yeah, that was Mass Transit. He threw off the, um, the scaffold match. But he had a match with a guy called um, Gypsy Joe at a house show. Some old guy. Bit yes, of an old that, school hardcore yeah. legend. Yeah, and that's he him. beat the living shit out of him. Then there was another match where he cracked someone's skull outside on the, on the concrete floor and he dragged him into the ring and there was blood going everywhere and he they, they were so surprised he didn't die. I think he got a blood clot, which actually saved his life. But um, that was a New Jack um, situation as well. But the yeah. guy had a cracked skull, bleeding internally and externally. Um, and New Jack was still giving him chair shots. And you think to yourself, my oh, God, like... The thing is, it makes me laugh about it. I mean, we're going off on the tangent here. We haven't even introduced the show yet. But New Jack, I mean... Jim Cornette really got on with you, Jack. Like, he had a lot of respect for him. I suppose 
because Jim Cornette was a little bit sort of, you know, protecting the business and, and New yeah. Jack kind of does that. But obviously, Jim Cornette was the one who brought in New Jack in Smoky Mountain as the original gangster. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so there's a lot of mutual respect there. So Jim Cornette was the one who brought, brought him in. Yeah. Yeah, and then he went to ECW, which then he then became more popular and stuff as well. So yeah, then he became yeah. like the original original gangsters. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, we go off on a tangent. We've only been on the air for about ten minutes. That's anyway, right, what Richie. Are we talking about today, Mark? Should we uh, we are talking about the Royal Rumble '91. But the one more thing, Richie, can you guess on, what the oh. number one game was of this week? And I'll give oh, you a clue. Just... It wasn't um, a console game. It was actually a Computer game. Like a PC game? Yeah. The Tomb Raider released on the PlayStation 1 at the same time as, as um, Windows machines. Uh, 95 it would have been, yes, because Tomb Raider I think came out ah. in 95, but this is a Commodore 64 game. <laughs> oh, Christ. Uh, E.T. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Nope, it was the Turtles game. The original Turtles oh, game that they brilliant. ported everywhere, so... That was the number one game in the UK on this date. Have you ever completed it? Uh, the NES game by using a lot of stave states I have, yes. Well done, you. Thank you. That was a bit like me with Mega Man 2. I had to use a lot of save states on that, but yeah. Yeah. I'm kind of like, I know some people might see us. You cheated. It's like, no, we're using the thing that we've been provided to you. So, yeah. That's, that's the whole thing yeah. about emulation, especially like new game stuff. Does it count even though it's not the original hardware? It's like, it still does because you're still playing the game, so... Yeah. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. That is really cool, actually. I like that. Ah, oh, thank you. So, as we mentioned earlier, we're going to be talking about the Royal the Royal Rumble 91. Uh, as we mentioned earlier, this is from the Miami Arena uh, in Miami, Florida. Um, and how did you find the commentary then, Richie, with um, Gorilla Monsoon and Roddy Piper? I really enjoyed it. I really, really enjoyed the commentary. Um, I think the funniest thing was when you know, the, the, your Rumble match where things actually took chips in the Rumble, and them two were sort of saying, hurry up, yeah. <laughs> come on, get on with it. Yeah, I loved it. It didn't remind me of the old classic, yeah, like Grilla Monsoon days. It was it was great, actually. I enjoyed it. Right, actually, right, top to bottom, I actually quite enjoyed this show. That's cool. That's good to hear, man, because uh, we had the national anthem at the beginning, because obviously it was during the first Gulf War, and that's why um, Sergeant Slaughter was pro-Iraqi, and he didn't to turn him heel. Then we had the amazing yeah. Royal Rumble intro where he goes through all the participants, and I love this with his the freight burner, him going through it all, and it's stuff that you know. Yeah. And also, I quite like it because even though it's one of those things you know who's going to be in it, you don't know when you watch the match like at what position they're going to be in the match as well. It would just be like this person, this person, and this person. Yeah, that's the magic of the Royal Rumble. I think the Royal Rumble to me, I I look forward to the Rumble more than. I mean, my two favourite out of the big four has always been the Rumble and Mania. Um, but the Royal Rumble has just got like this feel to it, hasn't it? It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, as a wrestling fan, I think we all quite like programs like tradition. Yes. Oh, yeah, completely. And we love tradition, and the Royal Rumble is a tradition. A bit like the Survivor Series is like a, you know, an American Thanksgiving tradition. But I love, I love the Royal Rumble, the tradition of it, and. I love the fact they haven't really changed the format. I didn't like it when they done like the, the 40 man or whatever it was for a rumble. It's like, no, it's great. Well, you know, but 30 man, Royal Rumble, two minutes. The only thing I think 
they changed, which I like. They done the entrance music as they sort of came out. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. In the late years, in this one, I don't think they did. But, um, no, this one they didn't. So I think they started doing it in '96 because I remember watching an OSW review of the Rumble '95, and I don't remember there being any music. Maybe I'm wrong. It's even '95 or '96 they started doing it with per person yeah. because it's really good when they have the music then people know instantly who it's going to be where when they just see the person come out yeah they might yes. get a reaction but with the music you'll, they get more of a reaction yeah yeah and it's nice to, I mean, where do you want to start on this should we start at the rumble or do you want to start we might, might, as well go yeah. through, might as well go through the whole show step by step I've got a few notes here and then I'll ask you a few different little bits and stuff and the other thing about this intro as well as they were promoting the other matches too but they made each of the matches like, as important as each other. Like you mentioned, the WWF Championship match and the Rhodes family versus DWRC and Virgil match, the Big Boss versus the Barbarian match and the Rockers versus the Orange Express as well. Yeah. Yeah. Things with me, I didn't watch, I watched this match as more of a recap. So I kind of watched like um, snippets of the show. Um, I took away the main highlights from the show. Um, I know all the big story arcs and kind of like the way the matches went. Um, but did you watch the whole pay per view from top to bottom? Uh, pretty much, yeah. 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 So, oh, okay, I, I, so yeah. So um, we had the first match, which was between the Orient Express versus the Rockers. Now, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Now this match was. Uh, this match was so good. Like you wouldn't think this match was from '91. You would think it's from modern day. Just the. Uh, fast tags, the great storytelling, the just the great moves and stuff, and just how much of a great seller that Marty Gennetti is. You forget just how good he is. I know. He's one of the most underrated wrestlers. I think if he wasn't in the Rockers and he was like, um, he had his own individual run, I reckon he would have been quite a big, big name. Yeah, I do as well. Huge name because, like, even even going back and watching some of his other matches from the Survivor Series 88, the way he can take a uh, back body drop and the height and everything else, it's just beautiful. Yeah, I know. He could sell sand to the Arabians. He was so, so talented. Oh, I he think was. the problem with Marty is um, the fact that he wasn't sure Michael Shadow throughout the whole of his career. He oh, yeah, definitely. Was the other guy. He always was the other guy. You know, it was always Shawn Michaels and Marty. And, you know, when they broke up, you know, it just didn't work. But I think he lost his kind of lost his smile. Yeah, and I think his other demons got got the better of him. Where I think if he didn't get suspended for drugs and that kind of thing, I think he could have done more. Like, because you got to think yeah. the rest of the nine were going to have him against Shawn Michaels in the big match, but he ended up um, getting suspended for that. Then ended up getting like drunk and doing all this other stuff, and it's just like, yeah, it's really sad to see, but. Some of the summer stuff that they did in this match as well was great. I did a couple of suicide dives through Brett's rope. Um, yeah. There were some great just reversals and, uh, and like leapfrogs and arm drags and just beautiful yeah. different stuff in this entire match, you know. And I loved some yeah. of uh, Piper's great commentary putting over the match as well and putting over the participants to show how good these guys are as well. I just thought it was really, really good. What stuck out for you in the match? Like, what did you take home from this match? Uh, I would probably would just say just the amazing way that they used the time up really well and it didn't feel boring in any way. Like Even though there were a few rest holes, which obviously in most matches there are, so they can discuss what's going to be happening in the match um, in a moment. Yeah. It's just the, the technicalness and just watching some of the moves that they did. You forget yes. 
that they were doing stuff like that in the early 90s? Yeah, that's what I think I took away, is that you watch it, and like you said at the top of your review on this match, you've done, it does look like a 90s match because it's still very, I mean, you look at the main event of the World Rumble, it's still very, very old school, traditional, Ted DiBiase, old Kobe, like big superstars that aren't the most agile, but they're great workers, but yeah. this was the... <laughs> Yeah, this was kind of like the start of the new generation as such to say, look at us, we're making some noise because the crowd was so into it. Oh yeah, man, I, I think the crowd was so good in this whole show because they were into everything. doesn't matter how big they or small it was. It's great. Like when we talk about the next thing that happens after this, just the way that how over that whole thing was and, and what happened as well. It's just like you can't really get away with that much nowadays. I'm not sure if it's because That's the fans become a lot more knowledgeable or more jaded or what, but in this time, like, everything was over. Yeah, yeah. I mean, wrestling still had that. No one really knew. I mean, people knew it was a work, but I don't think it was like, not everyone in the audience knew it was a work. And then, oh, it's just, everyone's just so invested. And like you said, you know, every match had a purpose. I mean, like now, you watch something like a Hell in the Cell pay-per-view, Oh, it's a Hell in a Cell match. What's the purpose of it being a Cell match? Um, because it's the Hell in a Cell pay-per-view? Oh, okay. Like, wrestling back in the day, the stories were so much more investable. Like, as a consumer, you'd watch a match and you'd be... Sometimes a match didn't even have to be that good. If the story was good, you was into it, and that's all you needed. Yeah. It's quite funny, actually, listening to Jim Cornette talk about that whole kind of stuff, and he even... I know Vince is older now and stuff. It's quite funny to hear him go like, if Vince McMahon of that day saw the Vince McMahon of today, he'll be like, what the hell are you doing to my company? It's just crazy just how different from what hearing about him, how much he is as well now. And just how it's rather than being like, well, I was watching an old pay-per-view and they were building up and talking about the history of wrestlers. But now it's like, they feel like people will forget after a week. Like, no, people remember. And people are like, why are you still feeling for this long? And now they're massive friends. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I get that. I totally get that. I totally get that. There's no, um, I don't know, it just feels like there's no characters anymore. I'm not saying go back to the, like the um, 80s WWF where it's all bloody. I'm a plumber. I'm a school teacher. <laughs> yeah, I remember those days. You know, you know I, my, my gimmick is I'm a fireman. My finish is called the long hose. You know, there's, the, there's nothing, none of that. But, you just look at wrestling, even from the Attitude Era. The Attitude Era wrestling sometimes wasn't actually very good. A lot of the matches were DQs or just throwaway matches. But every wrestler had a character, had a had something about them, like a bit of a story, a bit of an attitude, a bit of an edge. But yeah. now I watch WWE, and obviously I love AEW. Um, I think AEW are actually better than this WWE, where they can actually build a character. Where... Yeah. WWE just attempts to keep throwing stuff on the wall and seeing it sticks. Yep, and then depending on who they have, when they have, that's annoying about the WWE, is like when they do stuff really well, it's like it's amazing. Like, look at Roman Reigns, like a guy who was booed, yeah. now they turn him hill and he's able to go out and do something he wants to do. He's so good. And you've got that whole thing of Paul Heyman, who's he going to turn on? Is he going to turn on Brock? Is he going to turn on Heyman and stuff? And it's just like that, have that intrigue. Yeah. And it's one of those annoying things, like when WWE are good. They're amazing, but when they're shit, they're really bad. Well, what made that good, though, is the fact that Roman actually even said he has not been handed a script since he's been working with Heyman. Yeah. It's completely 
um, ad lib. It's literally kind of like, you know, go out there, these are the bullet points, we want you to hit, we trust you with it, go. You know, like, do you really reckon that the writers at WWE said to, um, said to Roman Reigns that wrestling John Cena was like missionary sex? <laughs> and the tribal chief doesn't like missionary sex every night. Like, it is so not... I can imagine our troop popping up in the bottom corner, like, all combat, going, like, PG! Like, it's yes. not. Like, it, it, but it, it was... Honestly, I don't even watch it, and I had to go on YouTube and watch that video. I thought, this can't be right. But it's John Cena, and it was just amazing. Like, that's the reason why this is so good with Roman Reigns, the bloodline. It's, it's non-scripted. Let yeah. the wrestlers do what the wrestlers do. This is this is their craft. That's like saying to me, go and fit, fit a stair lift. Well, I measure them up. I can tell you where it goes, but I'm no good at fitting them. You know, you, you do what you're good at. And it's been proven time and time again that wrestling should be organic. That's why you get CM Punk come out on the mic on AEW, and every time he speaks, people listen. Yeah, like, definitely. Like he's so good on the mic that he can say as he uh, as he could say anything. I love his commentary as well, and he's just so good. And he and he works it as well. You can you can see that passion is back it is back in him again. Like yeah. some of the stuff he says and references to old school wrestling. I'm like, I yeah. love this man. He's so good. That, that's that's what and I remember. Match with Max Idell was just like unbelievable on Rampage this week. It was such a good match. Oh, it was, wasn't it, man? It was so so good. I'm hoping, oh, which is God, good God. to see him soon against Bobby Fish. That'll be a, another good match. But I really want him to start wrestling more. I know he wants to help the lower guys, but I want him to start to go more higher because I kind of feel for Punk because he's someone who hasn't wrestled for I know now yeah. several weeks. But you know what I mean? It's kind of like I want him to go a bit more yeah. higher. But going back to the pay per view. Uh, the next yes. thing that we had was the amazing segment with the Randy Savage promo, and then you had the footage going into the crowd, which I actually thought was recorded, but I realised, oh, it's actually live. Of Sherry Martel. Right, doing I didn't that. see um, this. So you didn't you see to, this. To, so she was... Because obviously, Macho Man Randy Savage was saying that, oh, if um, Sergeant Slaughter wins, then Sergeant, then Sergeant, Sergeant Slaughter will give Randy Savage a title shot. So then you have Sherry... Yeah come out doing like a promo to say um, come on Warrior, give um, give us what we want, give the match with Randy Savage a uh, a title shot you know, do it then uh, then Ultimate Warrior came out, then Shane Martel said more about the promo to be like come on, give us what we want, give us a championship match, and then Ultimate Warrior yeah. was like no and you see the match man goes crazy in, in, the, in the locker room. Um, I'm not doing it justice, but it's one of those promos that when you watch it, it's really, really good. And just that whole thing of the crowd screaming when Mux, yes. when Ra- Ultimate Warrior said no, even though you would think as a fighting champion, he would say yes, but obviously he was going to say no, you know, as well. Yeah. 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 A lot of cocaine? Uh, yeah, definitely. For sure. Uh, yeah. And Ultimate Warrior only just said one word because Sherry was the one just doing the whole promo, being like, come on, Warrior. You know, try to, yeah. you know, sort of stuff. She was so underrated as a talent, wasn't she? Oh, she was massively, man. Hugely underrated. Hugely. Because, um, yeah, because I think, like, she was one of the best wrestlers and one of the best, like, talkers. Like, this promo, when you watch it, you, re- you realise just how good of a promo she really is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Her and Luna, I think, are so underrated. It's... Oh, they really are, man. I love Luna. Luna was so good. When you watch her back and you you feel like she was just so wasted. Like, she would be used, like, she would love it nowadays, the fact of how much women in wrestling have have improved and how, like, they've been given the spotlight and stuff now. 
Yeah, I mean, imagine she she could either go to AEW, and I think that would have worked fantastically. Um, I think the WWE, the whole revolution thing, kind of um, tailed off a bit. But I think she would do so well in somewhere like Impact or Japan. Yeah, and I think think with that as well with WWE, I think it depends on who they are. Like, if it's like one of the big programs, like a Sasha, Bianca, Bailey, Becky, Charlotte, they'll be given time. But with this Queen of the Ring, I think all the matches yeah. together were like less than twenty minutes. But then you give the same on the same, even on the same card because of the finals of Queen of the Ring at the at the Greatest Showdown or whatever the hell it's called. I can't remember now. Uh, that basically. Oh, yeah, that yeah, that basically the the, the freeway between Char, uh, Sasha, Bianca, and Becky, and that was about twenty minutes to twenty five minutes, half an hour match, and it's like, well, they do so give the match, yeah. yeah, they do they do give people time and stuff, so yeah, so weird. So that was a great promo, and our next match we had was between the Barbarian versus the Big Boss Man, who has always been one of my favorites. And, and I'll tell you what, I don't think people realize how good the Boss Man was. Oh, he was so good. And he was just so... He was so good. Oh, man. And the fact as well, though, he's so quick as well. Like, he's just so speedy. You don't realise just how quick and, like... And some of the stuff he can do as well is just insane, too. How over is he, though? It's unbelievable, isn't it? Hugely over. I'm surprised he never had the championship, man. I think, I think at that time especially, they never really ever did it. Like, if you think... I think it was... By ninety six, ninety seven, the title rarely ever changed hands, if, if that much, really. I think in ninety one, yeah. I think it only changed four times that year. Yeah, yeah four times. Yeah, and then I it, like that though. It gives, it gives the championship a bit of prestige. Yeah. Now it gets bounced around like a school dinner. You know, it's kind of everyone's had the same bit. Like everyone's been champion. You know. Yeah. And then also, oh yeah, definitely, man. That's right. And also, as well, quite like this interesting story because, as you know, Big Boss Man at WrestleMania Seven has his match against Mister Perfect. It's quite cool with this match that he's kind of going through each of the healing family to then get to the final guy, which is Mister Perfect. And I really like it because they put it over on the commentary as well, talking about that. And then obviously, you had the thing of Bobby Heenan taking the mick out of the Boss Man's mum. And so you have that kind of thing too. So he wants Mr. Perfect's IT Championship, but he also wants Bobby Heenan. And I really like that great storytelling too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can't be as bad as the boss man uh, dragging away Paul White's dad in a coffin. Yeah, you know. <laughs> I was thinking he could have mentioned that. I've got... Can't, like, Big boss... boss man paid him badly. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I was thinking that for sure. <laughs> and I just... Well, yeah, uh, the boss man's great. Hey, he's, boss man. he, uh, he's fantastic. I think he's so underrated. It's like him and... It was Mr. Perfect. They both deserve a go with that title, but Boss Man did not have the appearance of a world champion as what WWF reflected back then. That's the problem. Yeah, even though he could, he does a great promo. He's over like Rover, and he's agile and can do a, a big man match or or do a fast man match. You know. Yeah, he could work with Vader. He could work with Shawn Michaels. Could he? You know. Yeah. Oh, he could work with anyone. He was so good, and you know the Barbarian. He was the yep. former tag team partner of the Warlord as well. It's, it's that Barbarian. It's that Barbarian. Oh, yeah, okay. this is where, because in the mid-1990, uh, they kind of split them up, and then the Warlord became just, oh, my God, the size of the man when you see him on, later on in the show. 
yeah. freaking insane. And especially for WrestleMania 7 2 and stuff, which is bloody like mad. Massive steroid head, yeah. Oh, massive, yeah. Him against the British Bulldog, it's like the Battle of the Roydy Magoos, because they are both huge, man. It's crazy. So, yeah, man, that was a really good match. Who's going to pop first? Yes. <laughs> And then the next thing we had, mate, it was the um, Sergeant Slaughter promo and the Ultimate Warrior promo, building up the WWF Championship match. Yeah, they put the title match on quite early in this um, show, didn't they? Yeah, they it was the third match of the entire card. Yeah, because I was like, because I haven't watched this show for years. It was, it was quite nice to actually kind of watch it again to remember and stuff. And yeah, this match wasn't that great. I think the, the bit I enjoyed the most about this match was what Randy Savage did, you know. Oh, um, yeah, because yeah, this match yeah, was just um, quite boring. Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't a great match, was it? No, no, Obi, no. I think it, it kind of, even though the crowd was still into the match, it kind of was a bit of a downer after you had those two great matches. Yeah. Yeah, I remember they went for a stage of this in the mid-90s. They used to put the title match in the middle of the show. Because they'd done it later on, um, well, maybe about five, ten years ago at WWE, where they was putting the, this annoyed me a little bit, they was putting the WWE Championship in the middle of the show or opening the show with it, and then always close it with the Universal title. Yep, it's because it's because it's on the it's against the A show. So yeah, what's the highest championship in WWE at the moment? Is it still Universal? It's I think it's still Universal because it's on SmackDown, and SmackDown is seen to Vince now as as the biggest show because I'm sure that main evented the Blood Money show. I think yeah, I think yeah. that main evented it. Yeah. See, to me, it's just not canon. That Universal Championship does not mean nothing to me. Like, as soon as I get that, I'm Saturday Championships, I came off. And the only championship I use is the WWE, usually an old school one. Um, old school with Continental, European, and the WWE Tag Team Championships. So they're the old shape, like the 80s ones. Oh, I love those titles. Oh, talking yeah, about those you, shapes and stuff, the guy who created them yeah. um, passed away uh, recently. Yeah. It was a little sad, wasn't it? Yeah, I saw, I think you shared that on our um, Facebook page and they arrested him. Yeah, because it's mad just how yeah. all the titles he created are so iconic and, like, as we said, our favourite titles as well. Like, I love the Wind Eagle title. I told you before, oh, I've got, like, a favorite. miniature replica of it and it's just, like, one of my main possessions because I love that title. It's such a beautiful title. Yeah, yeah. Where did you, you get it from? Uh, shop zone or WWE shop. You can go to like replicas. Nice. You can like buy. I think it's like wasn't that expensive, like fifty quid. Not too bad. It's not. I'm not spending like two hundred pounds on a on a big title. Plus, I wouldn't have anywhere to put it either. But you see, having a small one, it's kind of like a nice little ornamenty thing. Yeah. I keep it in its bag and stuff, and it's just there. You know, it's really really cool. Yes, yeah, so there's a, there's a guy that I follow on Facebook. He lives in America, mm. and he makes he makes unofficial replicas. But he does like the wings, like the, the gold, like eagle wing angels, like uh, sorry, the eagle championship. But here do it with the old um, block WWF logos and stuff. Oh, rather that's cool. Than, yeah, rather than like, um, or even like the one after that, when you know the actual era championship, the round one. Um, mm. He does that with the WWF scratch logos on it. Um, they're unofficial, but they're really, really. Really good. That sounds awesome, man. That sounds really cool. But I, I thought one of the other things as well I liked, as well as the fact that the Ultimate Warrior is one of the only wrestlers who had ever changed his like belt strap. Like, what do you think about that? Because in yeah. this one, he had it purple. Yeah, he did, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I remember that. 
he was like the first one to customise it. Yeah, he was. Yeah, because yeah, I remember he also customised the IT Championship one as well with yellow, I believe. He, it was yellow when he wrestled Hogan at WrestleMania 6? Yeah, it was yeah. yellow strap. Yeah. 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 yeah, it's quite out there for the day. I'm surprised they got that, you know, so he was able to do that. I'm guessing because he's quite an out there character and stuff, so you can kind of like understand it, I suppose, as well. But yeah. I would love to see him and Ric Flair have an argument on a lot of drugs. <laughs> yes, oh yeah, completely. Or Hogan and him you know, have an argument on a lot of drugs. That'd be really funny too. Oh god! Oh, what's um? You know, <laughs> you know when the, the the alliance and the WWF had their massive thing, and um, was it the, the alliance? Like the alliance lost, and then I think it's the following night. Yes, Ric Flair came out on the microphone. And I swear to God, I have no idea to this day what he says. All I can remember him going was, A CONTORIUM! And apparently he was a, a contorium where people like all buy in and sort of um, own certain parts of a company. And he was like yeah. a major shareholder, completely out of the blue. That promo, I could not understand. It's because JR actually goes, Oh, he's a guy of contorium. He owns a WWF. That is even, <laughs> when you actually are drinking that, and his fucking hair's shaking, his fucking blood's popping out of his eyes. And, oh, God. But anyway, <laughs> I would love to see him. Yeah, Ultimate Warrior. I'll tell you what, how about this? Ultimate Warrior. Yeah. Roddy Piper. Yeah. Hulk Hogan. Yep. Cocaine. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and most of the cocaine's gone. They're arguing about the last line. That would be... That should be a WrestleMania main event. <laughs> Definitely. And then, uh, then, then you have the dinosaur come in and still say what goes off and still that they don't realise it's happened and they're still like <laughs> arguing over it. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> repo man pops up. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, haven't you? Oh, no, IRS, you don't pay your taxes. <laughs> that still is yeah. okay. <laughs> you don't pay tax on trucks, it's illegal. Oh, oh. oh man. Fuck that. Anyway. Anyway, but yeah, Sergeant Slaughter won the match and he's the new champion. So yeah. Right. Yeah. There yeah. you go. I know, uh that because they're building up the Hogan Slaughter match, which was a terrible match for us, May seven. That match was so boring. Yeah, it did suck. It did suck. Not um, the best mania, wasn't it? No, it was all I mean it's not as bad as four, but yeah, it wasn't the best. Uh then we had WrestleMania yeah. seven promo, which was at the time gonna be in that outdoor stadium. The Coliseum yeah. place, which that never happened due to the bad ticket sales. They quickly had to move it to a smaller building. Then we had. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Just oh, okay. The ticket sales, they mentioned it to do with the fact that they were worried about bomb threats against Sergeant Force, but they were like, nah, because the ticket sales weren't that great at the time. Because you've got to remember at this point, wrestling was starting to, starting to its decline of popularity. Because if you've got to think, yeah. it was like a year or two before they had, they would have sold it out in like minutes, but it was kind of like that dive. Then we had yeah, uh, yeah. Coco Beware versus the Mountie, which was yeah. um, a quick match where the Mountie won. I kind of look at that and just thought it was a, like, <laughs> I don't know if it's right, but that, apparently the guy, the Mountie's a horrible person. Yeah, I've heard, I've heard, I've heard a few, yeah, he had a, he had a big thing with the Dynamite Kid and then he came back as the Mountie because his older brother retired and then he then became one of the, the Quebecers with PCO, is that his current name? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I've heard so many bad stories about the Mountie. Um, yeah, apparently he's a terrible, terrible human being. But, uh, yeah. I saw this match. I, 
Who won it in the end? It was uh, Mountie. Mountie by DQ. Uh, no, by 1-2-3, mate, with, by a, with like a slam. It was what it was like a, a similar to the boss man slam, how he won it? Oh, like a spinning sidewalk slam. Yeah, a bit like a the black hole slam kind of move, yeah. Was that his finisher then? Uh, similarly, because he was starting to have in SummerSlam 91 the rivalry with the big boss man, so it was kind of stealing his moves, and apparently... Because Canada is so protective of the Mounties, when he ever went to Canada, he would have to wrestle as himself. He could never wrestle as the Mountie. And that's why they became, that's why it was, uh, we're not the Mounties, that's why we became the Quebecers, because obviously Mounties are known for being the police of Canada or some places in Canada. And they were very like, oh, okay. they want, they made sure that he was only a, um, himself when he went to Canada. He, he could be here anywhere else, not in Canada, so. So it's a bit like, the Americans have like uh, ranges and stuff, don't they? Like out yes. in the fields, the mountains. They have mountains in the hills of Canada. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah. There you go. Everyone, everyone needs a gimmick, brother. That is indeed. And then we had the Macho Man promo talking about why he did what he did. We had the noise in the background when they both fled. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which was, I thought, was really good. Macho Man is so good, man. I'll. I loved. Uh, you don't really when you're a kid, you don't realize. But when you get older, you can realize just how good he is. Macho Man. Like when you, while watching this back, I'm like, this man is yeah. so so good. You appreciate your stars as you get older. And I tell you what's a horrible thing. It's like we're at that age now where we're starting to see our heroes starting to get a lot older. Yep. You know, you see Steve Austin and you see Kurt Angle and you see the guys that was like the flagship of the Attitude Era when it was hot. And you see him now, and it's such a shame, isn't it? Like, oh, he's massively bad. Oh, it's awful. You know, but Hogan never seems to age, does it? <laughs> no, I, I think Hogan's always looked old, though. Even, even when he was younger, because he was going bald because of steroids. Like, I know it's not as bald yeah. as Austin, but I just feel for Hogan, he always looked old. By, yeah, uh, by... he always had that older look. Yeah. yeah. But I think as well, yeah. it's one of those things with Hogan, too, where he was a bit older when he started to get really big because I think it was in his 30s but like late 30s by his point so he was in his 40s in WCW so he always had that sort of like older fit with him as well yeah it kind of worked with Hogan yeah yeah it did you know he was always a big blow like he was like 6 foot what 5 yeah and he was like 200 he was close to 300 pounds when he was at his peak at the WF uh, probably when he was on the most sort of steroid gear and sorts of stuff. But yeah, I know what you mean. I always never kind of knew. It was kind of like a unicorn. You sort of thought, how old is Hogan? Like, yes. Like you said, he had the bald head, but he had a moustache like an old man. But yeah, I, I, I know what you mean. He, he was never young. No, he wasn't really either. And I think, I think as well with Hogan too, the same with The Undertaker and stuff, because we've watched them grow and get older. It doesn't feel as weird yeah. to us with Austin because he has, even though he's been there here and there, we haven't seen him yeah. overly that often in more like a lot of times together. So you kind of like, you forget how old they are. I think the same thing when you watch actors in films, when you, if you see them grow up with you, you they don't look as yeah. weird where when you watch a film and you look back and look at that person now, I'm like, oh my God, they're so old now. Jim Carrey done that for me. Obviously, I always think of Jim Carrey, like the mask and like... Um... Ace Ventura, and then he came up on Facebook on a TV show, and it was just like, Jesus Christ, he's got old. Like, it, um, 
Al Pacino, like when he'd done Scarface, was like a young man. You see him now, he's like an old guy there. Yeah, I know. Walking through, and you think, oh, Jesus, man. Like, it's scary. It is scary. I saw the thing the other day. Uh, what was it? Skyrim. Elder Scrolls is 10 years old already. I know, mate, I know. And now they'll probably, yeah, they'll probably end up porting it to every every other console like Doom will become the will become the new Doom meme. Does it work? Does it play Skyrim? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Isn't it? So, oh, I'll put a dishwasher. Can you play Skyrim on it? Yeah. Yeah, perfect. Buy, I'll, buy I'll buy it. Yeah, it's fine. I'll buy it. Did you did you hear yeah. that were, some guy got a toaster <laughs> to work Doom as well? A toaster. Yeah, basically a toaster to work the screens and some te- technical hat guy got it to work. Oh, that's fantastic. It is. And someone else got a calculator to play Doom as well. Someone else was able to get a calculator. We, we you know, the ones we used to have at school. And it was like, oh, the bitches yeah, back in school, like, what are you doing, son? Uh, playing Doom on the calculator? Okay. And it is. And the teacher would be like, I'm not sure whether to tell you off, but be like, really cool that like, you're able to play oh, Doom. Oh, the... kids. <laughs> yeah. But crazy I, kids. I, I, I would have done that as well, mate. Playing Doom on the old calculator. Yeah. We wouldn't have been able to see much of the screen, but that's just so awesome. Yeah, it's just the fact someone made it work. Yeah. Mate, there's a, some right. people are just mad what they can make work. But go back yeah. to the I, mean, I, I was quite happy that I got a Nintendo Classic to play Retro Arch. I mean, I know it was kind of like spoon fed to me how to do it on the internet, but I was well impressed when I put the USB in my little PlayStation, turned it on, and I had the whole of like the SNES library. I was like, huh. I'm intelligent. <laughs> yeah, so it means now means I'd have to spend thousands of pounds potentially on these very rare games. I can play them all for free. Perfect. I can play them for free. The thing is that oh, we're going to go down another avenue. Right, back to the pay-per-view. Yes. <laughs> uh, then we had the just much a monsoon and Piper talking about the title change. Ginny had the Sergeant's Slaughter promo. Then you had much yeah. uh, much uh, monsoon and Piper talking about how evil he is and how he's desecrating the championship and all his other bollocks as they would do about heels. <laughs> then he had the Armed yeah. Forces promo as well, talking about how good they're doing over there in, in the war and that kind of thing as well, which I actually quite, it wasn't, I actually quite like this one because it didn't feel it was being forced, where I feel like nowadays, even though it's good that we are supporting the troops and everything else, you, you know what I mean? I thought, I thought yeah. this one was really well done. Yeah, um, yeah, they, the WWE, they're very good at patriotism. Yes. Oh, very, very good. Um, but sometimes it gets a little bit too heavy. You know, and they use all these cinematic sort of like black and white, you know. bit like, <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me if they got Freddie Blassie to cut a 90s promo, you know. And then there was war. War, war. <laughs> the Americans are doing great in the Gulf. War, war, war. You know, it's... Um, I can imagine Vince doing something like that nowadays, but um, yeah, it was subtly done here. Yes. Oh, and then you had the really good Royal Rumble promos. Like, Jake Roberts' promo was just fantastic. I loved Earthquake. Uh, then you had Earthquake, Do One, Greg Valentine, Kerry Von Erich, The Legion of Doom, The Undertaker when he was still with Brother Love, uh, Jim Duggan, yeah. Rick Martell, The British Bulldog, yeah. Mr. Perfect, and Tugboat. Do you know what? As you were saying their names, I was thinking in my head, who's still with us? Because soon as you said Jim Duggan, obviously he's just um, recovering from surgery. Yep. And, you know, he said his name's like perfect, no longer with us. And, you know, Ted DiBiase's mega old. And, but, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, cool promos, man. I wish they'd done that now. 
Yeah, I do as well, man, because it's only like 30 seconds to a minute. I think the funniest thing when you watch them back is trying to figure out of how many times they say the Royal Rumble and how many times they say 30 men are over the top rope. And I kind of feel like they should be given like a challenge and be like, in this 30 seconds promo, you can say the Royal Rumble once, but you can't use those yeah. cinnamons too many times. Otherwise, it's just like the Royal Rumble over the top rope, 30 men. I will be number one. The Royal Rumble, 30 men, over the top rope. I will be number one, you know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I reckon the keywords, the viewers should take a shot. Yes. Oh, yeah, definitely. Let's <laughs> see how drunk people get. <laughs> but I'll tell you what, put it on at the cinema. We'll get a lot of, um, we get a lot of uh, fans down there, you know, and uh, we'll play a drinking game while watching the Royal Rumble. I reckon that'd be Oh, awesome. my God. What, what, we, time, what we should every do. Every time they say Royal Rumble, every time there's an elimination, you should have to take a shot. I reckon it'd be such a, it'd be a very drunk night. I, I reckon we could do something similar to that. Is we should do all the Royal Rumble promos when they used to do like the eighty nine to like maybe two thousand and one or something when they stopped kind of doing those kind of promos, and then do it every time yeah. they do that, take a shot, and just see how drunk people get. I mean, that'd be so funny. I think people would be falling out of cinema. And then you, yeah, definitely, man. Then you had uh, Monsoon and Piper put over the Royal Rumble itself, mentioning it's 30 men, um, everyone, every man for himself and stuff. Then you had the Ted DiBiase yeah. and Virgil promo, which then went into the match of Ted DiBiase and Virgil versus the Rhodes, which is quite funny. Virgil's quite over, isn't he? Yeah, he was, yeah, because at the time he was trying to get away from the Million Dollar Man, but it just shows how good of a heel that Ted DiBiase is because he was able to then um, yeah. get a guy as I would necessarily say green as green as Virgil was as over as he got, you know. Yeah, I mean he does still hang on to that fame. Oh, he does massively. I mean, uh, Mister OOC from OSW Review, he uh, got caught out by Virgil and had to pay him ten pounds. So since then, there was like this thing about never paid a ten dollars. <laughs> oh really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically, yeah. Virgil's known for uh, Virgil's known for doing that kind of stuff. Like when he used to do conventions, he would. Mentioned, oh, it's the Million Dollar Man and Virgil, and then the Million Dollar Man would never come. Then obviously Teddy Yossi yeah. didn't hear about it until like years later. And apparently, he even he was laughed about it. He was like, I don't really mind, but at least tell me if I'm going to be in this place. Because then, if he was to do anything with them again, it will look yeah. bad to them. Because he would always go, Oh, sorry, Teddy Yossi can't come because he's ill. And obviously, they booked them both, and they can't just say to Virgil, Oh, you have to go now. And it's like, Yeah. yeah. And also, he's probably looking at Virgil. They're probably friends in real life, you know. They work together, so they probably like he, he thinks, "Oh, he's getting a paycheck out of it," you know, looking after the boys. Yep. And this is also as well um, Dusty Rhodes' last WWF pay per view as well before he wrestled or was back seven years later with with the Roses, you know. So. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so it wasn't, yeah. wasn't a great match. Uh, Dibiase, Virgil won. And then mo- most of the thing that was really about this match was just a story of finally um, Virgil leaving the Million Dollar Man. Yeah, that's basically the story. See, again, this is what they know it was good at. It wasn't so much the match, but it was the story it told and the mm. angle. Oh, yeah, definitely, because you've got to think that both of them were together for about, at this time, three, four years. Yeah. yeah, it would have been about three years because, um, yeah, and it's just mad just how over it was and you had Piper trying to tell him a week or two before to kind of like, and even in this match, Piper said, no, don't listen to him, don't listen to him. And then when he finally did turn on DBS, you can hear Piper was like, yes, 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 yes. You know. Yeah, 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 yeah. So and again, then, storytelling, mate, it's what WWF was good at. 
Oh, massively, man. They were so good. And they had that match at uh, WrestleMania. It wasn't the best match ever, but it was just that story of just how, you know, finally yeah. Virgil left the, the Million Dollar Man and stuff. Oh, so yeah, good. and then, they, then you probably wish he didn't because his career went to shit. Yeah, I mean, I mean, he was, uh, yeah, pretty much. As soon as he left wrestling against Ted Didiasi, that was his popularity kind of gone. Same with the whole thing of Alex Riley. You know, you got to think when he was wrestling against the Miz yeah. over like Rover, and everyone loved him. As soon as he left the Miz, everyone was like, "Oh, Lord to him." Yeah, yeah, he kind of just disappeared off the face of the planet, didn't he, Riley? Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah, Paddy, he didn't like Cena. Uh, there were some things about him not liking Cena. I'm not really sure what happened there. Yeah, he did some stuff at NXT and then just disappeared. You know, someone else I haven't seen for yeah. years. Rob Terry. No. He's someone else as well. We haven't seen for ages either. Yeah, Rob Terry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. God, that brings a bell fucking hell. Yeah, yeah no. Rob Terry. Jesus Christ. He was, he was another one of those uh, Roydy Magoo's guys, the massive size of him too, man. He was huge. Who was the guy? Oh, God. He was on NXT and he was, he was massive and he looked like he had loads of charisma as well. Um, uh, was he working with Eric Young's group? No, I can't, I can't remember. Again, it's names that they, they could have been something potentially, but never kind of, again, wasted talent. The amount of times WWE wastes their talent, um, or potential talent. It's unbelievable. It's like Emma. Do you remember Emma? Oh, mate, I loved Emma. Emma was so good. I, I saw her oh, live good. at, um, NXT TakeOver London, mate, when I went to that. That was a really good show. Yeah, definitely, man. Yeah, she was so good. She was so good, and she again was just wasted. Like, and when when they um released her, I thought there's so many people that could have released Bray Wyatt. Like, I think that might have been a mutual thing, to be honest. But then again, they started selling um Bray Wyatt here again on the internet, didn't they? On the WWE. Really? Yeah, they started selling this um you know the championship belt with face on it. Yeah. And it'll come back on. That's weird. So I don't know. I know. I don't know what's happening there. Unless they're just trying to literally move. They're doing anything for money at the moment. They're yeah. just trying to get rid of the money to stop. I think it's like, it's at quite a reduced rate. Um, but yeah, WWE started selling um, Bray Wyatt here again. But stuff. That's crazy, man. Because um, I, I really hope he comes to AEW because they're kind of just giving this gimmick to Alexa Bliss now. And it's kind of like, it's just so funny just yeah. how he was so over when he first came back as the Fiend. And then since that whole Hell in a Cell thing and, and other stuff as well, it's just, Bit gone to yeah. Blair, and it's just like, yeah, yeah. Well, it, again, he was in charge of his character for the first two months, and you know, since SummerSlam, when he came back, he, mess- he wrestled um, uh, Finn Balor, mm-hmm. and it was like the hottest thing in wrestling. It was the hottest thing. It, AEW was on, but it was the, just that one character was bigger than AEW for a short time. And then as soon as the producers got hold of it, it killed it. And when he got um, released, Mickey James had been released about a month before. And she said, so sorry, Wyndham, that you've been released. Another tragic story of WWE creative not knowing what to do with excellence or how to deal with it. And it was it's so true. If yeah. they just let Bobby Wyatt, not creative control, but a massive have an input in the story and... You know, losing against Goldberg as well. It was just like, what? Bobby Lashley losing against Goldberg at at Blood Money. I thought to myself, why? Like, what is the point? Like, I mean, that's Saudi Arabia wanting Goldberg to win. But Yeah, and also as well, it's one of those... Doesn't do anything because he'll be gone. 
he'll be gone. I can, I can understand if it's like somebody who's going to be there quite regularly and stuff, but not someone who's just going to be gone and then only do like two or three matches a year, you know. And it's like, why yeah. waste a big loss with Bobby Lashley where you've been portraying him as, as the best he's been in WWE for years? And it's just like, yeah, I don't get it. Yes. CM Punk always used to say, you know, after my match with Undertaker, what next? I don't know, we figure it out. Well, I need to know what I'm doing next. There must be a plan. Uh, no, we've got Undertaker, then you can have a couple of weeks off. He was like, I don't want a couple of weeks off. I'll have momentum. Yeah. Like, it's, oh dear. Then you had the Hulk Hogan promo. And then we had yeah, the Royal Rumble match itself, which, um, spoiler, Hogan won. <laughs> yeah. And waved the big flag at the end of it. He did, yes. Uh, I, I quite like this. American. Yeah, I like this match because I thought, I like the fact of how much time they gave to, um, Rick Martel again. Um, I loved how Bret Hart was kind of, this was kind of like seeing how he would do in his future singles run. And I think for me as a Royal yeah. Rumble, even though I believe Earthquake should have won because of, the fact that Earthquake every time he's fought against Hogan has lost, and even then he was still yes. really popular. They felt like they should have given it to someone else, in my opinion, because it wasn't given the WWF Championship stipulation until I think the first time that it was ninety three. Yeah, it was ninety three. Yeah, that, yeah. So, yeah, it was. Um, I enjoyed this rumble. I think it was more for like the nostalgia. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Completely for me as well, man. Like seeing some of these old stars again, like. I'm a massive Demolition fan. Obviously, Randy Savage no-show due to um, what happened when he left because of the Ultimate Warrior. That's Shane Douglas in this match, you know, Tito Santana. Yeah, a bit of Shane. That's it. Uh, Hercules, Love. he was another one of mine I used to like. Um, Hercules, Bonanno. yeah, he was huge. He was huge, wasn't he? Oh, Hercules massive, man. such a unit. Yeah, absolutely massive guy. Um, whatever happened to Hercules? Uh, I can't remember, actually. He had many more paydays and then just disappeared. I don't, I don't, you don't really see him much anymore, Hercules at all. Was it, again, drugs or something like that? Or? I just think he just left and didn't really enjoy it anymore. Let me have a look. Oh, and he sadly passed away as well in 2004. Oh, shit. Oh, man, again, it's, you look at the size of him and what era he was wrestling. I bet you can put it down to heart failure or something to do with... Um, oh, uh, definitely, man, yeah. Uh, Anabolic steroid abuse. Yeah, because he had that really good tag team as well with um, Paul Roma as well. They were the, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I remember the Paul Roma thing. Yeah, because uh, he was a face at the time and then he turned heel and then joined with Paul Roma to be that part of that tag team as well, which was a really cool tag team. Let me find their yeah. name. I can't remember their name off the top of my head. Oh, it's Power. it was Power and Glory. That was the name. Yep, just remembered it. Yep, Power and Glory. And Imagine finish... Power and Glory versus um, Santino Ortiz. Uh, what they call that for AEW, Power and uh, something. Yeah, I know. That would be a great match because they had such a great finish here. They had an amazing um, superplex into a massive splash and that was such a cool move. They actually beat the Rockers at SummerSlam 1990 with one of their big matches. Oh, really? Yeah. That's sick. Yeah. That's cool. So, Richie, so overall, how did you find the show? Do you know what? I was a little bit, um, when, you know, our guy was like, say, like, do a 91 review, I thought, oh no. And then it was the Royal Rumble, and I was like, the last one we'd done, I think, was the Albert Hall, and that was a little bit like, we really appreciate this, by the way, we love these random reviews, but, yeah, we was like, "Ah." I love it. But, um, yeah, I was really happy with this. I've really actually, what I saw of it, I enjoyed, and I'm actually, time depending, having a baby is taking so much of my life, but, 
I would happily sit down and just watch this pay-per-view from top to bottom. Yeah, man, I it really was, would. Yeah, it was a great show. It's also, as well, it's quite a cool time capsule to go back and watch these shows to remind ourselves of what wrestling was like then and to yeah. kind of like just to see the different set designs and just everything in general, just that it was just a fun old time capsule, really, wasn't it? It was, it was great. So. I loved it. I really, really enjoyed it. It was um, a walk down memory lane for me when, like, before politics was really that heavy in wrestling, or, you know, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah, completely, man, yeah. usually. I really enjoyed it. Thank you very much, Nick, for the uh, recommendation. Yeah, thank you, Nick. Thank you very much. And before we go as well, Richie, anything you want to plug at all towards the peeps? Uh, yeah, um, I'm going to be back on the radio with a podcast machine with Mark a lot more from now on. Um, we, we've trialled the uh, the drive. I, I, I know Jim Cornette's got the drive by, so I'm going to call this the drive. I'm going to call it the drive two because it's the drive two work. Yes, um, they seem to be coming out okay. Um, Mark is obviously editing these, and hats off to Mark. So if the sound quality is good, we'll run a few. We'll I'll be, I'll be able to do a lot more of these. I'll be a lot more present for them, but we will try and get a few more studio quality shows in. And I think we're doing. We're make a point of doing studio quality shows for the big four and AEW pay-per-views. Oh, totally, man. That'll be really good to do because we were going to do it all out, but obviously you said I've been busy, you've been busy with your baby and stuff, so it's a big, a bit like sort of stuff. So yeah, yes. man, we'll, hopefully we'll get some done soon as well. And also I quite like doing these sort of like driving ones because we, we can still do these podcasts and it's good to kind of have a bit of a variety having different people on it as well and stuff. And as you're an awesome guy, it's good to have you back. So. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> right, man. Well, yeah. Follow me on Twitter, Richard Filmer One. Um, I basically do all of my wrestling stuff on there. Um, I also do a bit of um, Elder Scrolls Online, still into that, into a bit of Neverwinter. Um, and I'm actually going to start doing a lot more reviews using the Game Box, uh, Game Pass on the Xbox. Just started playing Dragon Ball Z Fighters, which came on there yesterday. So I'm oh, it's such a good game, man. Oh man, it's so over the top. I love Game Pass. They chuck you so much stuff for free. So I started playing that yesterday and I decided I'm going to do a little review on that. So oh, wicked man. It. Sounds good, dude. Yeah, that's really, really good. You have to message me and let uh, and I'll watch it and share it as well. I'll have to share it as well, dude. Thank you very much. No worries. Anything you want to plug, dude? Uh, yeah, guys, just to remember to like, follow and subscribe to us on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Podbean, all, all that kind of stuff. And to follow us on um, also as well, we are also on Anchor too. So on all the different nice. podcast networks. So yeah, we're literally everywhere. So hopefully get you guys to subscribe as well. So yeah, cheers again for us today, Richie. And I'll speak Thanks to you. Soon. Yeah, speak to you soon, my man. Take care, bro. You too, man. Take care, guys. Bye. Bye.